North Carolina right now. This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast. The air is a little fresher today. We've waited 300 (laughs) days, AC, 300 days to get this feeling back. (laughs) Order has been restored. Order has been restored, AC. And, you know, it was one of those games where, you know, two, I don't want to see evenly matched teams. Because I think one team's ascending and one's descending. But, you know, mm-hmm. when we went into that game, we kind of looked at the stats and everything suggested that, you know, it was pretty much two mediocre teams going at it. And for a while there, mm-hmm. it kind of looked a little bit mediocre. But uh, there was one guy in particular that, to me, is getting all the praise that he deserves, and that's Derek Wively. If you oh, I thought you were going to say Hubert Davis. Davis. Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's true. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, but, you know, it's kind of Jack's not with us today. Uh, he's not dead or anything. He's uh, happy birthday, Jack. Um, but Jack had to work today, so he's not with us. Um, but that's he's kind of sad because, like, that's his guy, you know, from his area. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he's telling you, just wait. And we've been telling you, just wait. Derek Lively, I, I have no idea. You see, eight blocks was the most ever in a, uh, in a Duke UNC matchup for, for a Duke player. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. I didn't realize that either, but his impact was obviously felt, you know what I mean? Like, completely changed the game, what they wanted to do down low. He he guarded Baycott masterfully. That was one thing I was worried about was him going for pump fakes and all the other stuff. He played straight up, man. He used he used yeah. his seven foot two height and his almost ten foot reach that he has to his complete advantage, man. And he did it beautifully to <laughs> Yeah, no, he he really did. Uh you know, I, I just thought that there were so many different um, plays in that game where the game could have gone one way or another, but his mm-hmm. defense and presence down low, it was kind of like any time the ball went in the lane, he was there. And he, like you said, like, and you want to talk about Hubert Davis, so let's get to it. Uh, <laughs> he, compla- he complained about the lack of free throws attempted. Like, yeah, no, well, you're exactly right, Huber. You're exactly right. You got way too many free throw mm-hmm. attempts the entire season, and now when you didn't get the whistle, mm-hmm. and now you're complaining about it. Like, I, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded by the lack of awareness to make a statement like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, are, are you, are you seriously That's... complaining about the rest after all year long? A team that was near unanimous number one. And now mm-hmm. you're complaining about the rest. I, I am, I'm dumbfounded. Like you're 15 and 8, that's, dude. Like you should be the last person not, talking about the referees. That's that. I'm not drunk. You're drunk. Like, what are you doing, man? Right, right. Like right. what are you doing, Hubert? Right. Come on, man. And then, like, I mean, to to essentially just like open openly admit that they've been getting a favorable whistle all season. We, you know, we take we we right. take 150 more free throws or whatever. Like, it, like, okay, so you're admitting then. So you're saying that you guys need the refs to help you win. Cool, got it. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for letting everyone know that you are a terrible coach and your team is not good, and that you need three more dudes on the floor to help you out. Excellent. Thank you, Hoover. Thank you. <laughs> what a joke, man. What a joke. Yeah. I- yeah. It- it's just one of those things where it's like you know, know the temperature of the room. Um, right, and, and you didn't, 
And so, you know, that's, that's one thing. Uh, a, a, a big shout-out. It shouldn't take, you know, four minutes into this to give a shout-out to Jeremy Roach. I could not feel better for for someone. Oh, um, I mean, he played, he bowled out, and he, he made the play. He made the winning plays, and I'm, I'm so happy for him that he made the winning play at the end. What a great play call Absolutely. by Josh Howard, by the way. Um, you know, sure. The, I mean, that looked like the, the play th- call from the uh, from the Gonzaga game when Jeremy hit that uh, hit that floater last year. Looked very similar, very similar draw, yeah. which was you know excellent. Yeah, yeah, the fifth screen. Um, by, you know, I was mm-hmm. falling for I think you know in our text messages, you know, I, I said you know ball screen flip and roach, and it was the fifth ball yeah. screen. Um, just a masterful play call, completely froze R.J. Davis, uh, who's mm-hmm. going through uh, you know emotional damage himself. <laughs> So allegedly, 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 just want to say that, um, can't prove that, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Jeremy Roach was fantastic and and I thought, uh, (laughs) um, but I thought he was, I I, I thought he, you know, he really, you know, when he went over at the, uh, at the UNC bench, um, in the first, in the first half, man, it's like, yo, this is different. After that N one, man, you knew that was personal. That look was personal. Because, I mean, he'd already gotten into it a little bit with R.J. Davis anyway. Like, those two were kind of kind of in each other's face early on in the game after a little bit of a, a shove by R.J. Davis. Baycott was shoving all day, so he really wants to keep talking about the refs. First rebound of the game, Baycott two-hand shoves flip into the into the baseline. Like, come on, man. Like, he does it every rebound anyway. But, like, dude. But, yeah, no, back to Jeremy. Great game. From the floor, shooting-wise, wasn't great. But, I mean, he was he was trying to attack. He was trying to just – he was trying to get points where he could. He took 18 shots. Or twenty shots. Sorry, that's that's a lot for for Jeremy. But I mean, you knew like that was his game. Like that was that was going to be his game. Right. That wasn't going to be anybody else's game, especially from the from the jump. And he he really did put the pressure on UNC's defenders. Got the guards in foul trouble, which was excellent. We needed to get their guards in foul trouble and get them off the floor at times. And he, he just he played great, man. Like he really did. Yeah, you know we we didn't settle for the three. Um, you know, four of eleven from three. You know, wasn't one of those mm-hmm. when we're chucking it up. We, we, we. You know, the shooting percentages for both squads. You know, they weren't high. You know, defense is locked in. They, uh, I thought they played really well defensively as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they they forced some some really tough shots, but you know, the shots that needed to be made, uh, Duke made them and UNC didn't. And yep. uh, Nance was Nance was, you know, who we thought he was going to be. Um, we were hoping that he wouldn't turn into to Brady Manneth, and he wasn't. Uh, and that and that was the He's thing. Not. Like, you know, Le- <laughs> not at all. Right? You know, I was getting I was getting a little nervous there. You know, when Leaky Black's doing his Leaky Black thing against Duke, um, you know, twenty eight percent three point shooters, you know, knocking down three or five or whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, even even Bill is saying, you know, those are the shots that we're willing to give up. And if he makes them, he makes them. Yeah. Um, but everybody else, um, I, I thought Duke did a really really good job defensively. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously we talked about um, Derek Lively, but the other guy who I did th- think was going to have a big game, and and he didn't have as big of a game as I thought he would, but he still played really well with Tyrese Proctor. I thought it was oh, him. Absolutely. You know, I, I thought I thought you know five assists. Um, you know, he hit some big big shots. I thought he played really well. Mm-hmm. No, he really did. The five assists you talked about, seven board, like the whole the whole starting unit. Rebounded like crazy, man. Like we we out rebounded yeah. UNC. I think forty five to forty or something like that. The, yeah, the whole starting 40. that starting five. Yeah, they they just. I mean, they just really went out there and attacked the boards, man. That was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And Tyrese Proctor was. I mean, he's he's rebounded well all season, but he's one of the reasons for that. Like he really he made a concerted effort to play tough. Like he was he was in the lane. 
on UNC on offense. He was in the lane on defense. He was he was being up. He had the assignment on Caleb Love. Did very well. And when he got switched on yeah. RJ Davis, still played well. Like they the the guards played such good defense. And Ty, Tyrese Proctor, man, what what a difference he's made for this team. Like you can't you can't say it enough. And he's just going to keep like this is this is what he does, man. Like this this type of performance is what he does, and it, it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, both both teams pretty much rode six guys, um, you know, for for, mm-hmm. for the majority of the game. You know, you saw yeah. a couple guys standing there. Ryan minutes. Young, six and, minutes, Jalen Blake's two but, minutes. But, you know, yeah, it was funny. You know, watching with one of my two buddies, and, you know, he goes, you know, Ryan Young really hasn't been in at all. And, and I'm not even sure he stepped foot on the court in the second half. But that that's what the design was always going to be from the start of this year. Uh, you know, obviously, Derek Wiley got off to a little bit of a slow start, some, some mm-hmm. with the injury as well. Uh, and, 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 you know, credit to Ryan Young, he did a lot of really nice things, but the, the plan wasn't for him to play 20 to 25 minutes. The plan was for no. him to play 10 to 15. And if Derek mm-hmm. Lively is playing like that and, and, and not getting into foul trouble, then yeah. that's the recipe for Duke. And, you know, cause we're not going to blow teams out. We're not going to outscore teams, but defensively we can mm-hmm. lock up and, and he's, he's the focal point of that. And so if, if we're doing that and, you know, God willing, we get the real whitehead back for Saturday uh, against UVA, Duke has a chance. You know, I'm not saying that they're mm-hmm. final four bound or anything, but at least they have a chance. And oh, you know, yeah. that's all you can ask for. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like this, the, the team has the makeup to do, you know, what if, if the guys are playing well, especially if, you know, like you said, if we're getting minutes like this from, from Derek Lively and such, if Flip can clean up what he, what he had on offense this game, because he offensively wasn't great, but he's a, he's a matchup nightmare that you have to take care of. So, but you know, I mean, if if we're gonna get this type of effort from these guys, and then Whitehead comes back and looks like he started to look in that VT game, then dude, yeah, absolutely, this team this team can hang with anybody in the nation. It's just a matter of you know what's going on. John's found his groove with this team. I think I think he's starting yeah. to find his groove with the rotation. I don't think we see you know, Jeremy's not gonna play forty minutes every game. Proctor's not gonna play thirty eight minutes every game. I mean, all, every starter played over thirty minutes except for Mark Mitchell. So I, I don't think we'll see that so much but i think we will be closer to those 30 minute marks for the majority of our starters at least as long as nobody's in foul trouble and so that's going to take away minutes from blakes it's going to take away minutes from ryan young jacob grandison had a good game he played 17 minutes i hope he can he can keep this yeah. up man if he can keep playing the way he's been playing that's he's an x factor because of how he plays defense because of how he shoots the ball or possibly shoots the ball so and this this team i can't i, I am so proud of this team in this unc game man because they really did they took it personally. They really did. And they they played regardless of what was going to happen, regardless of what whistles may or may not come. They just played the game, man. Like, and you just saw it. Like, they really did have a verve going, especially after the first five or six minutes or so. Like, it was pretty sloppy early on. But once they got in the groove, man, it was good. They they played so well. They were they really did. And, and you know, again, I think proud is the right word uh, as a fan. And, and I'm sure Shire would, would echo that as well. Because you know, at the end of the day, you know this team is what they are, um, mm-hmm. and I know that's I know that's a cliche, and we're not big on that. But you know, we have our limitations. But at the end of the day, it's good to see Shire, and it's good to see this team getting better. And you know, for all the the trash that our own fans have thrown at our team, you know, at the end of the day, now what, what are we? Seventeen and six. UNC's mm-hmm. fifteen and eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to your boys, the Hokies. They just beat UVA. Uh, Clemson, you know, just lost to Miami. This thing's not yeah. over in the ACC not. by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, next two games, who do we play? 
Miami mm-hmm. will play Virginia. And so we we what can you ask for? We have we have it in front of us. We gotta go take it. Exactly. We really do control our destiny in the ACC the next couple of weeks. You know, we got we got seven, seven, eight games, whatever it is left. And and we really do control our destiny there, man. We have a it's a difficult schedule that we have going down the stretch, but I I think we I think we can navigate it pretty well, and I know we'll do our I think probably for the UVA game we'll probably end up doing our uh you know our, our last third of the season outlook. But I'll tell you right now, man, like I I don't I don't know that we lose I don't know if we lose three in this stretch because I really do think this team has found something that works, man. And we're gonna talk about Miami in just a minute, but um we we just match up we can match up with just about any team in the nation with what we have. And you saw it last night. Like, not many teams can match up physically with UNC because of Baycott, because of Nance. But you saw it, man. Their lack of depth hurt them, and it wasn't like there was whistles being blown all night long. Like, there was, they only got they only got whistled for fourteen personal fouls. We only got whistled for eleven. So it wasn't like it was a heavy whistle all night. You know what I mean? Like, they let they let them play, and they all for the most part they played straight up. And you saw the lack of depth that they had, the lack of coaching that they have. And you saw what John did with his coach, like John's coaching last night, the matchups he created, the plays he put them in, the switches he created, the mismatches he created with the plays that he was running, man. Like that was a really well coached game by John Shire, dude. I can't say that enough, man. Can't say it enough. So well coached, especially with our team not shooting very well from the floor. You know I mean? 40% from two isn't great, especially against a team that's not great defensively. So he really, he really did put that team in position to win the game just by, matching up and just by kind of like we talked about on the podcast before the game a game like this where it just takes a couple of coaching moves to win the game for you and we said it we take john a thousand times over hubert you know what i mean and and, and that that sh- that shine through yeah it, it really did and, and and i know that i was worried uh about the first five minutes of that game and, and for a second there i was you know my, my nightmares were coming true where I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. Uh, is John going to have to call a timeout before the first TV timeout? Mm-hmm. That three by Caleb J- Love hits that 30-foot Right, three. right. And, and it's one of those... Like, Caleb Love it's, it's one, Right, it's like not, not again. Um, but that right. three by Jeremy Roach, I feel like not only settled himself down, he settled mm-hmm. the team down, and it was like, dude, we're fine. We're going to be all right. Dude, that and, pull-up three was wild. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, that was a because big you're looking boy at shot, that three. Man. Yeah, it was that 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 was a stone shot because it's like your team's on the ropes early. Or you, you took the first couple punches, and this this mm-hmm. thing couldn't get away from you. He's like, nah, not tonight, not tonight, no. not not on my court. And that was a big yes, boy sir. three. Uh, and and I just kind of thought that to me it was it was Jeremy Roach's four. Uh, everything Derek Lively did cannot be understated, but that game was about mm-hmm. Jeremy Roach. It was. It was. It was about his get back. It was about the revenge. Paulo was in the building. Mark was in the building. Wendell Carter was in the building. Like it, it was all about it was all about that revenge, man. And you saw it. Like you mentioned before, man, off that and one, he's staring down the UNC bench, going into the timeout, going over to the bench, man. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's coming for blood today. And he did, man. And like defensively, he played great. Like, oh, God, man, what, what a shot that that pull up three, man. What a shot. Like that was. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it in any of the highlight packages or anything, but dude, that was that was such a big shot. That's one of the biggest shots of the game, and it came, yeah. so, early. It came so early. Yeah, and, and that's really it. It's like I, I just kind of I feel like that that's going to get lost in the shuffle because you know you're you're talking about a shot that happened 
at like the 18 minute mark or 17 minute mark or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, and the game was like seven three or you know whatever it was. It's just like but, but the, yeah. the the shot was for so many different reasons. Um, and mm-hmm. it couldn't it couldn't come from anyone else. It had to come from Jeremy Rose. No. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah, especially after you know, yeah, he, he, yeah. You know, he he had missed a couple of shot, a couple of bunnies early, and he's like, you know, fuck that. You know, we're gonna come out here, and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm putting that shit behind me, and, and I'm gonna take this thing. And and that yeah, was a good shot. It was it was mm-hmm. it was a shot where if that misses, they're getting the rebound and they're probably going down and scoring. But he didn't. It hit nothing yeah. but the bottom of the net. It was huge. And how about the fast break point disparity, man? Like, I, yeah. I actually didn't see the number. At the end of the game, what it, what we ended up at, but I know at one point we were 15, 15 points to their zero on fast breaks. Yeah, like that's usually UNC's one point. Yeah, it was like eighteen yeah. two at one point. We did a really good job of getting back in transition, but you know, mm-hmm. one of those games where you you predicted, and the game kind of went that way, where it was you, you predicted we slowed this game down, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like UVA did, and you know, really kind of forced them into a half court game. That's a game that we did yeah. win. Um, but then you look at the. It's kind of weird, right? Where the game sixty three fifty seven, so it was really low scoring, and it was mostly in the half court. But yet you have mm-hmm. what eighteen to two or whatever it ended up being in the fast break. Yeah, yeah, and that's not that's not something we usually do. Like we we can we are a very good fast break team when we run it, especially with the way Tyrese Proctor's been playing. But we just haven't really done it. But I mean, they they really did. They made an effort to to push the ball, and I, I liked seeing that because against teams like UVA, against teams like Clemson, where they play that zone or they play the pack line a little bit, you have to run. You have to run on those teams so that they can't get set. And we were not allowing Carolina to get set on defense, and that's what led to a lot of the foul calls for them under the basket on those and one attempts and stuff because they just they couldn't get back and they couldn't defend it, man. And I don't think they, I don't think that was in their game plan to stop Duke's fast break because it was pretty non-existent prior to this game. So it, it was, you know, the, the team really, they stepped outside of themselves, man. That's that's what you like to see. You like to, like to see a team that just steps outside of themselves and plays the game. And they played, like, as sloppy as the game was, they played like veterans last night. And I just it, it was it was so good to see, man. But that, that, that fast break disparity was, that was definitely a big factor. I mean, both teams are around the 66, I think 66 or 67 possession mark for the game. So the the pace the pace favored Duke. We took a took a page out of Jeff Cable's playbook with Pitt, slowing him down, man, and and that led that led to the big victory, man. Like UNC, they can't play slow. They're not an efficient team. They cannot play slow. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about UNC real quick. So they have eight games left. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they play Clemson, Miami at home. They have UVA at home, and they have Duke at mm-hmm. home. Um, the rest mm-hmm. of the games they should win. You know, even at Wake. At NC State, NC State never plays them, you know. Well, um, right at Notre Dame's in shambles, and Florida State's in shambles. So you figure they get four easy wins there, um, and then it just kind of comes down to those four games at home for them: Clemson, Miami, UVA, and Duke. Um, you know they they probably will go at minimum six and two there. That's good enough to get them in the tournament, correct? You know, twenty one and ten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It- they they really they really want UNC in this tournament, and that that will absolutely be enough to get them in, man. Like I think if they lose three, maybe four, I think they still get into the tournament. They'll be a lower seed, but they'll still be in. And yeah, I mean, I coming I into think... this game, yeah, coming into this game, AC, they were projected anywhere from the eight and seed, um, mm-hmm. which I, I still found kind of remarkable. Um, you know, they're not yeah. getting any votes in the in the top twenty five. 
what lends me to believe that that they're going to be a eight nine seed. Uh, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, understanding obviously who they are, that's why. Um, so put that out there. But mm-hmm. you know, if yeah, I mean, if they go six and two, you know, that they're probably right on that six seven range. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's you know, good good for them. Whatever. I mean, they're <laughs> if Pete Nance doesn't do his best Brady Vanek, they're they're toast. Like that's bottom line. Like they, we saw it. Like they were exposed last night, man. They were exposed. Like if if they're not getting the whistle, they're not winning the game. That's that's that is it. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that, man. They they just yeah. And, it's, like and, you said in the beginning we'll of this thing, man. It's a team. It's a team going in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's you know I I was you know you, you kind of worry about where where does Duke go if they lose that game uh, and that's a, a mm-hmm. huge worry right uh, especially with the two games coming off against Miami and and UVA mm-hmm. both on the road um, but the reality is what, what does UNC do now coming off that loss because yep. you know, I I saw a team that Duke just wanted it more last night to me. Like they mm-hmm. they just wanted that game more, and you can say a number whether it was revenge or it was at home or whatever. I just saw a team that was willing to do just a little bit more to get that W, and right. to me that was the difference in the game really because I saw two you know average teams out there for the majority of the night, <laughs> um, and so, not truly really right. Like I mean, it is what it is. I like, call it what you see, but mm-hmm. you know Duke Duke made the winning plays at the end. Um, they right. just wanted a little more, and so when I wonder about UNC now, they lose that game, and now they've lost two in a row. You know, both unranked teams. Let's be honest. And what do they do now? Mm-hmm. What, like, what do they do going forward for their last eight games? I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know the answer. I mean, granted, they have a favorable schedule because most all their tough games are at home, and the, the ones that they have on the road aren't aren't you know outside of Wake. I guess like they're pretty mm-hmm. much cupcakes. Right. Like they play Wake on Tuesday. Wake Wake, we've seen what Wake does, man. They they really do they they turn you over and they run. They they take a lot of shots. And Wake just lost to Duke. They don't want to they don't want to repeat that. You know what I mean? Like I feel bad for Wake. Wake I is gonna say, No, no, I feel bad for Wake because Wake will be whistled for no short of twenty nine absolutely on Tuesday. Absolutely. No That's short. where I was gonna go with it. It's like if they can survive, if they can survive the whistles that are coming, because they're coming, if they can survive that, man, you might be looking at two losses in a row now for UNC. Because, or I guess three now, right? It would be three because they lost the pit right before us. So you, you might, like, like you said, what UNC? I don't want to speculate on their schedule. I hate those guys. I could give a about North Carolina right now, but they are definitely moving in the wrong direction, as you said, and. I, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love every second of it, and I hope they lose every game from here on out. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I, I, I do feel bad for them. I do feel bad, not, not UNC, for Wake, because uh, I, I, no ch- I, I think they have no chance on Tuesday, which is none. And, it, and it's I mean, unfortunate, right? Like, here's, here's, like, here's what I will say about this. The ACC, there's a spotlight on the bad officiating, and... If after Hubert's comments, if they come out and they shoot forty free throws or whatever it is that he wants them to shoot, dude, that is a bad look, man. That is a bad look by the league to allow that to happen. It's a bad look by the officials. 
and frankly, like you're saving a you're you're saving a dying ship, right? Like there's no point. Just let it sink. Like who cares? Like call the game the way it's supposed to be called. Like let let it be because like Wake is a that's a tournament team. Like Wake is possibly a tournament team, and they get a win against UNC. That's big for them. That's big for them and their schedule. And and the quality of wins that they have, I guess I don't know if UNC is going to count as a quality win anymore, but like you know what I mean. But that's still that's big for Wake. Any any win for them is huge because that does further help get them to that place where they're going to be in the tournament. And and so Steve Forbes has a big job ahead of him, man. He really does. And it'll it'll be interesting to see that game on Tuesday. Yeah, it, it will be. Uh, obviously, you know, play the night for Duke. We're, we're mm-hmm. pumped for the team, pumped for Jeremy Roach. Uh, again, can't say enough about Derek Lively. Uh, that that dude is doing exactly what we're asking of him. I was glad mm-hmm. that he got the spotlight at the end of the game, you know, with Holly Rowe getting the interview. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he deserves it because he's played well right. and he's been ascending. So, you know, you can't say enough about Derek Lively. I just want to make sure that he's getting, getting his because, um, you know, he's picking a lot of shit too. And, Absolutely, deserve, absolutely, but, but, and but some not deserved, really right? Like he, some deserve, but not really. You know, on the on the holistic level, it's like, yeah, some of it, yes, right. But but the amount, no. And let the guy exactly. get to his, let him get there. And you can't continue to bitch and moan every time. Like you, you want to bitch and moan about development, but you're not willing to let it happen. And I know that was <laughs> right. one of the things that you've been harping on all year. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, it's true though, right? Like. Let development happen. Like this is development. This is this is exactly what development is. Development means something was not at its peak, not where it was supposed to be, and then slow. It it happens, right? Like for some people, it happens faster. For others, it it's a slower process. I mean, think about this, right? It's not like it's not like it's taken years for Derek Lively at this point. It's taken him like eight games. You know what I'm saying? Like like it, so the, the dude is playing, and yeah, like some of the criticism was absolutely deserved. The the guy was not playing well early on. And but it was like, okay, that's fine. He's not playing well right now, but you can see the intangibles, you can see the things that he does on the court, the size, all the above. You you could see the pathway to him being a good player for this team. And and here we are. Like here we are. This right here. And yeah, he's gonna have a bad game here or there to end the season, I'm sure of it. But this is we just talked about this is very much like it feels like the Mark Williams ascendancy, man. Like the six games Mark had at the end of that season, the COVID season, and now you got Derek Lively now with seven games left and then going into the tournaments. Like he is he's there, man. He's ready. He's there and he is providing something much needed for this team, which is that interior defense. And just I can't say enough how well he played against Baycott last night. Just played him straight up. Didn't allow him yeah. to get to the free throw line. Didn't allow him to kill us on the boards. Like ex- excellent work, Derek. Like great work, man. And and chefs to you, man. Yeah, 34 minutes, two fouls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that draws a lot of fouls in Baycott, Triple B himself. <laughs> but, you know, Lively played it straight up. I mean, we were we were saying, you know, he should play on man, so we flip. We were wrong. Uh, yeah, John yeah. said, I know my guy, and he's fucking going mm-hmm. in there against Baycott. You know, fouls be damned. And he, he, yep. he held his – not only did he – he dominated the paint. You know, I know the baseline got his with fourteen and ten or whatever they, whatever he ended up with, but those are those are mm-hmm. empty stats. And I've been calling Baycott that for yep. for four years now. He's empty stats. Like those were empty stats to me. Um, Absolutely, what wasn't empty stats were the fourteen rebounds and eight blocks. He only mm-hmm. had four points, and it's like, well, he's not in there to score. He's he's in there to stop you from scoring. He's in there to, to this, wreak havoc in the in the lane. 
And that's what he did. This man almost got a double double with four points, bro. <laughs> right, right. You know, we're not that's we're wild. not throwing it into the paint, you know, and, and, and telling him yeah. to, to make post moves. I mean, this isn't nineteen sixty eight. Like that's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, shout out to him, and, and I, I, you know, I'm proud of him, proud of Roach. Um, we got to get back in the horse though tomorrow night, and we got, we got to go down to Miami. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack Jack did uh, provide us with his prediction. Um, you know, for for that game, and and, and he has Duke winning this game, seventy three sixty five. Um, I, I think this is going to be really, really, really tough for us. I, I thought it was going to be tough whether we won or lost this game um, against UNC at home to to come mm-hmm. right back, you know, forty eight hours later and then go down to Coral Gables and and try to be a really good Miami team who's coming off a big win of their own. Um, yeah. I, I don't see a, a scenario where we win this game. I just hope we don't get blown out. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I like the score that Jack provided, 73-65. I just, I'm, I'm going to flip it and say that Miami wins by that score. Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I don't see a way that we win this game, right? But you're exactly right. Like, a tough turnaround. They also have a quick turnaround as well. They have the luxury of being at home, and those those games typically favor the home team. And it typically like the the pathway to winning this game is doing exactly what we did in Durham, which is allow Nigel Pack to shoot standstill threes, force him into that role, and and hold Isaiah Wong down. Like he's like, Isaiah Wong's gonna be looking for his get back, and apparently he was sick for that game or whatever. We you know whatever whatever they want to say about why he didn't play well the first time outside of Mark Mitchell. Like give Mark his credit because he played him well, but. It, Isaiah Wong is going to come into this game hungry to to get a little get back for for that game. So it's it's going to be a tough matchup. They're going to they're going to shoot the ball well. We already know that. So we ha- we have to force them into into bad opportunities. Duke has been really good all season in terms of the three point percentage defense. So that that's where I want to see us continue to to kind of force them into to ugly jumpers and not allow them to get to the paint. Like Derek Lively again, he's going to be very vital for this game. Like they, it's not like they play post ball or anything but he's going to be putting switches he's going to be putting scenarios where they have him on the perimeter guarding so we just we have to do our best to play good team defense it's going to take team defense because we know offensively on the road we're not going to play this game well we just aren't that's not who we are but defense travels and it's going to have to travel especially with a one-day turnaround no practice nothing but a walkthrough and coming off a flight the day before the game so yeah it's gonna be tough this is a game in the preseason where i felt like we were gonna lose I, I, I want to follow my own advice and say stick with what we talked about to begin the season with this team, but there's just something about the squad right now, man, and the way that they're playing defense that I really like, and we have a huge size advantage for this game. So you know what? Give me, give me Duke. Give me Duke 68 to 66. It's going to be a very close game. Might even go into overtime. I think it's going to be very close, but I, I, we can go to court Graves and win that win, and I, I'd rather just stay on the side of positivity on this one. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep doubting him because that seems to work. So I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> and I'm going to do what I need to do for my squad. That's what I'm going to do. That's um, right. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But you know what? We got to be stay positive. Like you said, huge, huge victory. Burn the damn benches to the ground. Yes, Get sir. your gatorade today. Get your hamburgers. Yes, Get your tacos. Whatever no, you got to do. Car flags that today flying down. That's right. That's right. Uh, shout out prayers to uh, R.J. Davis. He's been through a lot. It's tough for him. I, you know, I feel bad for him. I really do. It's a tough situation. Uh, you know, anytime you're going through love, love hurts. 
And speaking of love, apparently that's the one that hurt him. Woo! I did it again! Let's go! <laughs> Let's go, dude! Hey guys, thank you for checking out the Five Point Play Podcast. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram and on Twitter. Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go, Duke.